Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Helen Hawkinson, with special returning guest Ellie Hawkinson. We recorded this at Helen's home outside of Portland. This episode is brought to you in part by Earful of Fiddle Music and Dance Camp, and they have a message for you. Earful of Fiddle is offering their annual Music and Dance Camp online, June 21st through 26th, 2020. Now in its 12th year, this season, Earful of Fiddle provides virtual instruction in percussive, dance, song, fiddle, guitar, banjo, cello, and online evening activities. Instructors include Alexi Chartron, Bruce Bauman, Sean Ellsworth Hoffman, Melisande Tremblay Bourassa, Nick Garris, and me. To register, visit earfuloffiddle.com. Stay safe and stay connected to your traditional arts community with Earful of Fiddle. Get Up in the Cool is primarily listener-funded, so shout out to the show's newest Patreon supporters, Ben Bannock and Ming Chen. Thank you so much. Get Up in the Cool needs help more than ever right now, so it means a lot. To anyone else who wants to chip in, there's a link in the show notes to Get Up in the Cool's Patreon. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guest. Here's my interview in Jam with Helen Hawkinson. Enjoy. so lovely. Helen Hawkinson and Ellie Hawkinson. Hello. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. Thanks. Welcome back. Yes. Yeah. It's good to be back. So you've been on the show a couple times now. I have been, Amy's yeah. Amy's been on the show a couple times. Yep. This has been a long time coming. Yes. Interviewing 
the grand matriarch <laughs> of the <Hawkinson laughs> musical yeah. family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's all where, it's all her fault. Where it all started. Yeah. So when did you when did you start playing the fiddle, Helen? I was probably about uh, twelve. You were twelve. Mm-hmm. Was that your first instrument? Well, I played piano. Mm-hmm. Were you a classically trained pianist? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. didn't. She didn't. My my teacher didn't approve of it when I would um, make something like uh, jumpy. Would you do something jumpy? <laughs> jumpy. Would you play something. Was something like Beethoven or? Did you like to? I, I would just like, a teaser. Did you, you would, like to play outside of the page? Outside of the space? Like, yeah, play yeah. what wasn't like, written. Da 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 And she would say, now Helen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because you, you played a little bit of, of classical violin and you didn't really like it that much. That's yeah. true. That's true. What what didn't you like about playing classical violin? You know, it's a perfectly likable discipline, <laughs> right? When, when you first start playing the violin, it sounds terrible. It yeah. Does. And I didn't like what I heard in my ear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did, what did you do about that? Did you put it down, or did you? When did when did folk music enter the picture? Uh, I at times I put it down. I I know. Uh, there's a long time that I kept it hid in this closet, and my children didn't even know I had a violin. Yeah. About it. But you held on to your like childhood violin. When I, when I heard this uh, fiddle type music, I liked it. Mm-hmm. When, when when was that? Uh, I think I was about 14. When you were 14. No, where is all this happening? Is that happening here in Oregon? Yes, yes. in um, in Oakland, Oregon. Little little oh, town Oregon. called Oakland, little Oregon. Yeah. Population about three hundred. Yeah. So yeah. in a little town of three hundred, there were people playing the fiddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was yeah there uh, there was least least one, and they were having a fiddle contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of these and they were all, all lined the contestants. In this photo, they're all lined up, mm. and they are all men. Old, old all guys. Men. Uh, old men. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the article is called, Old Timers Do Their Stuff at Musician's Picnic. Great. <laughs> when yeah. is this dated? 1939. 1939. Yeah. yeah. And I was down the creek uh, trying to catch pollywogs or something. Yes. And I told somebody in the family, come and get me when they were going to play the fiddles. Now, what was interesting to you about a bunch of old men playing fiddle music? Uh, what what drew you away the from the crick? The style of the music. What, what was the style? Because I've been trying to figure out what were people, what were people playing in Oregon before the old time music revival in the 70s. Like, mm-hmm. I've been trying to figure that out and I really don't know. Oh, many, many, many tunes. They would come. They came over from the, from like Scotland. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and in the other countries, 
people brought their their music with them. Mm -hmm. So whatever the or Irish, you know, do it, you, it all came. Do you remember the names of the first tunes you heard? Any of them? No. no. I don't. It might have been some of the same ones that you played with the old-time fiddlers. Oh, yes, I'm yeah. sure. Um, the Oregon old-time fiddlers, I think, have been an organization in Oregon since the 60s. At least. Uh, yeah. Um, and they, when Grandma started playing the fiddle again, she joined the old-time fiddlers and learned a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Now, was it always in, in the back of your mind to, like, that you knew how to play the violin and you knew that you liked fiddle music, but you didn't start playing fiddle music until until the 60s? Yeah. Like, did you always, were you always thinking, yeah, eventually I'm gonna get around to that, or did you mm. have another entry point? No, no. I think uh, I was being encouraged to, to do something like that in the summertime so I wasn't wasting all my time <laughs> roller skating or something. <laughs> roller skating sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good way to spend time to me. But fid fiddling is also. Did you did you get serious about it again when my dad picked up the banjo? Is that kind of when you started playing again or or was it before that? I think after I met Herman. You met Herman, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was a big Now fan. who's Herman? Oh, he—he he was an old fiddler. He's a legend. <laughs> yeah, he, he played strictly by ear. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, he would sneak out when we were having a jam at his house, and knock on the front door, dressed as with, with a gray wig on, and he, he's completely bald, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's unrecognizable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then. <laughs> then he's say uh, playing uh, the Jenny Benny, Benny, Jack Benny song. La da dum da dum da 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 da. But he'd do it like. <laughs> <Little>. <laughs> yeah. So he would orchestrate this whole ruse to do that, and then. I mean, did he have like a name for this character, or did he just do yeah. that and then disappear? One. He called it his long hair music. His, okay. Yeah, and he's strictly bald. Because <laughs> you know, have his wig on though. Those long-haired classical musicians. So. <laughs> that play all that long hair music. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what he, he had his long hair on, so yeah. you call it that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so he he was the one who like inspired you right. to we, play we fiddle. Would, we were having jams at his house mm -hmm. and then we'd uh, do it at others' houses too, take mm -hmm. turns. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he taught you and my dad a lot about fiddle, fiddle music. Yes. And he taught my dad how to make a fiddle. Yeah, your, your dad really liked him. Yes. And. Uh, and he wanted to make he wanted to make a violin for that. Is is this violin that he made? Is it still around? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
It sounds terrible. It sounds okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Stradivarius. Right. Uh, it's, I mean, it reminds me of, like, if you're ever making pancakes, sometimes, like, the first pancake is just sort of, like, a sacrifice. <laughs> it doesn't turn out quite the right way. The <laughs> yeah. pan isn't quite seasoned. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Did he continue to make violins? No. Okay, so... Not that I know of. And Herman had a, what, something to do with a, a washing machine was very important in in the in the making of violin making violin process? at some point. I don't know if it was about the perf laying around the edge. Yeah, or, maybe he steamed it. Yeah, yeah. He steamed it too. I I feel like you've set up uh, Herman as maybe a, an unreliable narrator though. <laughs> like mm. it, it, he definitely like he, this is for sure. Like he was serious when the wig was off. Yeah, he, well, was, he was definitely smart. Yes. Okay, yeah. He was a very smart guy. He was a, he was a character, though. Yeah. And he made violins. He, he did. Yeah. And he, and he sold a few. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had, like, a bald pate. And I, I have a picture of him that his wife, Mary, had just gone by him by his back with a felt pen and put a happy face on it. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like Just it. Just a bunch of goofs. Hmm. Yeah. And then, did Dad play the, the fiddle first and then he decided to play the banjo? No, he started with the banjo. He started with how the old, banjo. How old was he at this time? When Seven. he wanted a banjo, about 16. 16, 17. 16? Uh -huh. Yeah. We've got an incredible picture of the day he got his banjo mm. and he's wearing like this gigantic cowboy hat and this 70s suit and he looks really really serious and he's holding uh -huh. the banjo. It's great. Yeah. Um, I might send you a picture. I would love to see yeah. that. But yeah, he heard the banjo on the Beverly Hillbillies sure. and really liked it and decided he wanted to play. So the the O oh brother where art thou of that time. Yes. <laughs> the entry point. Yes. And that, that is, and hee -haw, I guess. that's why I'm named Ellie Mae. <gasps> really? True story. Yeah. That's why, what? That's why my name is Ellie Mae. Oh. You may have revealed that when I interviewed you. I believe so. Okay. It, it <laughs> usually comes up. Yeah. It's just every time I hear it, it's a little more surprising. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, at first he said he was going to name you Amanda Lynn. He did say that. Uh, Amanda Lynn. Amanda Lynn. Yeah. That's what he played was Amanda Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. No. At that time. Yeah. Yep. No. <laughs> and I'm okay with being Ellie Mae instead. Yeah. That's fine. Well, it sounds like a motivating factor for you. One is that you were always interested in the style of playing. Mm -hmm. But what really sealed the deal for you is when the people around you, and especially your son, started getting into the music. And it was a way to, co to connect with him mm -hmm. and with, yeah. with other folks. Sure. Family get-togethers because of it. Family yeah. gatherings with friends mm -hmm. and family. So. I have a lot more questions about that, but maybe we should play another tune first. What do you want to play next, Helen? We could do Snow Deer. That's one that Herman would do, right? That's true. Yeah. All right, let I me get into it. I do the flourishes that he did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. Did you learn this tune from Herman? Snow Deer? Yeah. 
Yeah. Is this, uh, I'm, I'm under the impression that in the Oregon Old Time Fiddlers Association, is that the official name for it? The, yeah, Utfa. Utfa. I'm under the impression that in Utfa, uh, there is like a, a, a canonized list of tunes, like a specific list of tunes. Is that right? Like, isn't there like a book or something? I'm not sure if there's, if there's a book, do you know? No, I don't, I, I don't know. There's a newsletter called The Hoedowner. Okay. And they would print a tune in the back of every oh, very edition good. of The Hoedowner. Um, and good. I think they did a lot of the commentaries. Tune of the month. Yeah. Tune of the month. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely a collection of tunes that they would play at every meeting. I remember as a little girl, yeah. they would sort of run through. Yeah, we'd start start out with everybody on on stage mm -hmm. and <laughs> going for about ten minutes, do tunes that we knew everybody would know. Yeah, even, wonderful. Even the little, little, so we could get the the little kids up to start a tune if they wanted to. to <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And this was one of those for mm -hmm. sure. I remember playing this. Snow deer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you little. Pretty little. Pretty little. Great. Well, I'm ready when you are. No. Should have Herman sawing away. Mm. <laughs> as long as he doesn't put that wig on. <laughs> yeah. Is, that, uh, how is Herman still around? No, no. He is not. I think his wife Mary. Mary, I think she's gone too. Mm. Yeah. We. His wife Mary kept coming over for jams at Grandma's house until a few years ago. Mm. Yeah. And she was a real character herself. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's a question. Are are banjos allowed at 
the lutfa? No. No banjos. They're not. Uh, so this well, is scandalous they're, right They're now. not welcomed. Yeah. You know, it's pretty obvious. Nobody's really going to, like, force you out the door, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, mostly just guitars and fiddles. And one, you, one bass player. You've had to put up with a fair amount of banjo in your life. Me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, outside yeah. of learning movement. process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and Dad was a banjo player, and then Amy decided she was going to be a banjo player, and Henry was a banjo player for a while there. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be. I'm a. I'm a banjo man. Yes. Say when he was a little bitty thing. <laughs> Henry Hawkinson. I'm a banjo player. This is when he was like one and a half years old. <laughs> like truly, just yeah. Barely could pronounce the words, but he was gonna play the banjo hmm. yeah so when when did the family band really start to coalesce I'm aware of dad Hawkinson yes. I'm aware of uncle Hawkinson as well there are two uncle Hawkinson's who also play but they were never in the official Hawkinson family band right we had uh, our unofficial uncle Jeff Wold yes and our unofficial uncle. Uh, quote cousin Jared Widmer were in the band um, but yeah the Hawkinson family band was me Amy my mom and dad those two on banjo and mm -hmm. guitar and then um, we often had special guests in the form of grandma Helen and grandpa John also came up and sang with us a lot when, yeah. did, when did you start hosting jams at your house when did I start what? When, when did, did you start hosting jams at your house? When did you start hosting jams at your house? Oh. Like the 70s? <laughs> I don't know. Just decided to take turns on where to be. Yeah. So it would have been pretty soon after yeah. you started playing the fiddle. Yeah. Very good. And You've that, been doing that ever since. That was this house. The pictures of my dad getting his first banjo are in this house. Wow. So, yeah. We, like I say, I, I did not like this violin at all. This classical violin, no. Uh, well, in the, I was a freshman or sophomore when we, we moved to the Grants Pass area. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Uncle Lee insisted that I take my violin with me, and he didn't even take me clear to school. He let me off about half a mile, <laughs> quarter mile from school, and I had to go walking up that, that uh, highway carrying that violin that I hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, at that time, did, did you imagine a future where you would be regularly playing it? No, I didn't think I'd ever Didn't like think it. you were ever going to play it. Is this that same instrument? Pardon? Is this that same instrument that you grew up mm. with? No. It's no. a very unique instrument you're holding. It is. Where's that it, from? It is. It's called a pigeon breast. This, this side here. And yeah, it's it was beautiful. made by uh, a German, German luthier. Steiner. Luth Steiner. And there's the Steiner cabins up near Mount Hood. Okay. It's that family mm -hmm. that did beautiful, wonderful woodworking. 
and some of them uh, concentrated on instruments apparently mm -hmm. and others on cabins. <laughs> did you get this one from Herman, Grandma? Yes, I did. Yes. Oh, very good. And my dad has a very similar fiddle, also a Steiner with the same uh, cut in design on the, on yeah, the front. Yeah, it has this really peculiar um, kind of ridge on top of it mm -hmm. that sort of follows the, the, the shape. The curve. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always never really... i seen anything like that. I've always really liked that design. Yeah, so you, you and Dad have sort of sister fiddles, and then years later, I got a fiddle and bow from another Oregon old-time fiddler named Bob Fast, who was um, this great fiddle player. And the bow, we found out, was made by the son of the person who made Grandma's bow. Huh. Yeah. So we have very... Even our fiddles are related. Uh -huh. Now, I know that... Um at least in other regions, people like to set up their fiddle differently than one would set up a classical violin, mm -hmm. have different action and different kind of bridge, different strings. Um, I'm wondering, how do you have this, this fiddle set up? Do you, could just, you play classical music on it? Yeah. Is it the same? Yeah, it's just classic, has a classical setup. Mm -hmm. There was a fiddle called the Hardanger yeah. fiddle, and that has a a double set of strings. Yes. And the Very second second set uh, is is not bowed. It's a it, sympathetic. It's sympathetic. Mm -hmm. Amy has one of those. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But yeah, we have a. We both use a pretty classical bridge. Mine has an extra string, so it wouldn't pass muster. But sure. We've always been pretty clear on the fact that the only difference is the way you play it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Fiddle and a violin are the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, what else, uh, what other tunes and songs have you brought for us? What should we do next? Got I Love You, Honey. You ready to do that one? Mm -hmm. So. Way down in Dallas, down in the palace, I met a boy who was so cute. I loved his hugging. I loved his kissing as we sat in his little red coop. He said, tell me confidentially, how much do you love me? Well, I thought a while, and then I smiled. And this is what I told him, don't you see? Hey, I, I love you, honey. I love your money. I love your automobile. I love you, baby. I don't mean maybe You're the cutest thing on wheels I love your kissing I wouldn't miss it No matter how I feel I love you, honey I love your money
loved his hugging, I loved his kissing, as we sat in his little red coop. He said, tell me, confidentially, how much do you love me? Well, with all the while, and then I smiled, and this is what I told him, Don't you see? Hey, I love you, honey, I love you, money. Baby, I don't mean maybe You're the cutest thing on wheels I love your kissing, I wouldn't miss it No matter how I feel I love you honey, I love your money But most I love your automobile Yeah, most I love your automobile Most I love <laughs> well, how long have you been singing country songs? Singing what? Country songs. How long songs. have you been singing country songs? A long time. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a fan when you were a little girl of country music? Oh. In Oakland in those days. Did you have we access? We didn't have the Oakland, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think we had, we talked, <laughs> we we knew about different kinds about of music. About different, it was yeah. just the music that you knew? Yeah, and if you're taking lessons from Grandma Peter, why, you, uh, you played her kind of music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always wanted to play uh, Honky Tonk. Mm. Yeah. Well. But she didn't go for that. No. I syncopated something. I was in trouble. <laughs> I would imagine that maybe you were relegated to only playing long-haired music. Uh -huh. yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Certainly. Not honky-tonk music. That's right. Yeah. But but you played uh, you played guitar and sang when when your kids were little. You sang to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, um, when you were. Why do you suppose you were discouraged from playing anything other than classical music? Like, what was the, what was the environment like that they didn't want you learning honky-tonk music or playing fiddle music? Was it a, a religious kind of thing? No. Not it was a matter of the, uh, tech, the technique, you know. So it was mostly just your teacher didn't really want you. Yeah, she was very, very serious. To get a, a sloppy she, lower. <laughs> she had gone away to finishing school mm -hmm. to uh, and to get her credentials to teach music. Yeah, she and was very, very uh, prim and proper. Hmm. Yes, she was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then she married that Swede. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our great-grandpa was a, a Swedish immigrant the original John Hawkinson. And, and she married him? And she married him. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she became part of your family? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep, so you took piano lessons from Grandpa John, Grandpa John's mother. That's who that was. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, I'm a little hazy on the timeline at this point, mm -hmm. but did she ever get to see you... Uh, play fiddle instead and sing honky-tonk music and no I, no I don't think so not really yeah. I don't know 
Did Grandma, Grandma Peeler ever see you play? I don't know. Uh, uh, my Aunt Olive went, encouraged me to play the violin summertime, like I said. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't wasting all my time riding the bicycle. Yes, she had a lot of opinions. <laughs> Aunt Olive. Yeah. Mm. We, uh, we published, my family that adopted me um, published a weekly newspaper in Oakland, Oregon. Mm. And I delighted in being down at the office. Uh, they call it uh, What did he call it? Call it. They had a, the li linotype? Is that? Oh, the, the linotype? Yeah, that oh, was well, the that, machine that they used. That was a huge machine that, that uh, made, the, made the print. Yeah. Then there was a huge machine that you put fed, fed papers to, mm -hmm. to, to, and rollers took it over the the uh, finished galleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. had to, uh, it was so high where, where the, the feeder had to sit that uh, you had to have a very, very high stool and climb up to the top, on the top of that stool and sit and feed the papers to the machine. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they, they would take it, take the paper and roll it over the type. Mm -hmm. Then sometimes, the rollers were not even, evenly inked. Yeah. And you had to stop the whole thing because you'd have a white streak right down the, the middle. middle of the paper. I've got some specimens of that. Oh, yes. Yeah. We have some old papers. I have a few specimens of the Oakland Review. And then you would also load the, the lead slugs into the melting pot yes. for that. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. So it's the linotype you, you type on it and it selects the letters and it puts the the mold of the letter and all in order and then it melts down lead and puts it over the top and makes a lead sheet and that's what you use to print with. So you were a child melting lead for your family business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, uh, it, they, they called it what, uh, three machines in one. In one. Because mm. it was a typewriter. It, yeah. And a printing press. The printing press was separate from that. And a mold? Like it would mold the... Yeah. Uh, I'd put... They were called pigs. Pigs, not slugs. And I would put them in. I was just a kid. But... You said you were very careful not to splash the lead. Yeah. Yes. Very important. I'm so glad you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really enjoying this picture you're painting of small town you know helen uh mm -hmm. heavy air quotes wasting her time roller, roller skating, skating and riding her bike around yes. <laughs> uh, and looking for not practicing classical fiddle wanting to or not practicing classical violin wanting to play the fiddle play the fiddle trying you, to get polywogs did you, polywogs did you say? At the i don't know what that means but i like it <laughs> oh it's tadpoles that's what okay great yeah but you did like playing the piano though mm -hmm. and um you told me one time you heard 
Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. That's right. Mm. And they had concerts at school, and all the grades were in one schoolhouse, and the high school was upstairs, upstairs. and the elementary school was downstairs. And they would have everybody get together for a concert, and uh, you heard Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, and you loved it, and you asked Uncle Lee to get you the music for it. Mm -hmm. And he worked in Medford? which was yeah. pretty far at the time because the roads were really bad and so That's where he worked yeah he was only able to come home every three weeks or months mm -hmm. but the next time he came home he had it and i still on the piano yeah <laughs> yeah yeah do you still play the piano do you have one in here uh-huh yeah mm -hmm. yes. it do you still a play moonlight sonata mm -hmm. do you still have that piece yeah. of music yes yeah. And the piano was a present from Grandpa. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice little note in the piano bench. What is, are we privy to what the note says? Oh, I don't remember what it says. It says, um, remember, remember that this, this is just a, a thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But it, it comes with my love and, you know. That's very oh, sweet. Wow. Yeah, it's funny talking about it now because we're ascribing a lot of nostalgia to it to as we it. talk about it. Yeah. We were both. Uh, he, I, I don't think I was through with nurses training yet, and mm. and he certainly wasn't through college yet. Mm -hmm. So that was a a big deal to buy a piano. He came back from the war, yeah. know the, knowing that he wanted to get in to edu education mm -hmm. and and wanted to go to college. So his aptitude tests showed that he should go to college. Mm. So that's what we did. Mm. Yep. Got married and started college <laughs> for him. He went to Berkeley, right? That's what took us to Berkeley. Yeah. When the sit-ins were happening, <laughs> Joan Baez was there leading them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. With four kids in time of square feet. Not much. <laughs> Not much. A little tiny student house. Yeah. yeah. We had uh, the be the bedroom that that uh, Lou and uh, Lou and Rob had mm -hmm. was one that didn't didn't have a stair stairway running off of it you know, onto a ledge or something. It was just straight down, <laughs> you know. So we had a, a rope attached to the, the, the bed frame. And Lou says that she remembers, we told her, that, we told her that if, if we had to get out of the bedroom, she was to she was to throw your dad down <laughs> not, apparently not checking if there was anybody to I catch think him. maybe she made that he, up he was she was supposed she was to <laughs> wind the chest the, the rope around his him under his arms you know and, and him uh, help him get over the edge of the sill mm. yeah and lo lower him down yeah he would have been tiny, little tiny, yeah. yeah.
Well. Well, what, what else do you have for us? I think we've done three so far. Yes, we yeah. have. Um, do you want to do the Ballad of Anne Boleyn? Okay. Okay. Where's this song originally from? Uh, you said you learned it at college, right, Grandma? Where did I learn it? Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. From a record I think that someone a college had. friend had it on a... Not sure. I know the guy that lived up there had it, had it on a record, mm -hmm. but I knew it before then. So somebody in college must have had it on, on a record. Yeah, I think you said you learned it at college. And when you went to college, Grandma Olive said that you should always have a mandolin and a chafing dish. <laughs> so you can make hot chocolate and play music and have parties in your room. Yeah. Yep. Whose advice was this? Aunt Olive. Grandma, we call her Grandma Olive, who is... Yeah. She's she's the lady that, that, that adopted me. Mm -hmm. She and her husband. Mm. When yep. I was about uh, 16, I really wanted to be adopted. Mm. I, I wanted to have their name. Mm. Mm -hmm. So we went through that. That's good. I'm glad they did that. Yep, Aunt Olive and Uncle Lee. Pretty, pretty great people. They took, so took a mandolin me. and a, what kind of board? A chafing dish. A chafing which dish? Which is like a, a little heated dish. For hot chocolate. For hot chocolate. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Sound advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Welsh rarebit. Welsh rarebit? Cheese, a cheese dish that you, uh, spear a cube of, of uh, bread and put it in the cheese sauce. Mm -hmm. Oh, very good. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> so this is one that you learned at college, but then you sang it all the time when Amy and I were just little kids. And it was always my favorite and Amy was just terrified of it. Yeah, I'm sure it made it an impression. Very scared. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she had She had a very active imagination. She was um She was very scared of King Henry VIII. Well, he's very scared. Yeah. And his legacy does live on. That's true. I think I might have once told her that he was a ghost that was haunting us, oh, which was God. in retrospect not a nice thing to do. Not your, <laughs> not your, uh, your finest moment. I just was making up little stories. I was a kid. I didn't know she was going to believe me and it would haunt her dreams forever. <laughs> but yeah, this is a, a Halloween song for sure. In the tall of London, large as life. The ghost of Anne Boleyn walked beside a Clare. Now Anne Boleyn was once King Henry's wife Until he had the headsman bob her hair <laughs> Ah yes, he did her wrong long years ago And she comes up at night to tell him so With the red Underneath her arm she walks 
She comes on old King Henry, she means giving him what for. Gadzooks, she's gonna tell him off for having spilled her gore. And just in case the headsman wants to give her an encore, she has her head tucked underneath the arm. Now sometimes gay King Henry gives a spread for all his guys and gals of ghostly crew. That's my carves the joint and cuts the bread. When in comes Anne Boleyn to clear the dew, she holds her head up with a wild war whoop. And Henry says, don't drop it in the soup with her head. Underneath an arm, she walks a bloody tower with her head tucked underneath her arm at the midnight hour. The sentries think that it's a football that she's carried in, and when they pat a fuse, they shout, Is Army going to win? They think that it's red range instead of poor and bold with red tucked underneath your arm. Along bloody quarters for miles and miles she goes. She often catches cold, poor thing, for it's cold there when it blows. And it's awfully awkward for the With the red tucked underneath her arm. <laughs> you had a special dress when you would perform this song? Yes. Correct? Yep. <laughs> yep. It has a good, a good front a line. A good neckline. For the neckline for the hanky down there. Great. It can be kind of sticking out even. So. <laughs> and it's made out of parachute fabric. Mm. So it's this really kind of like almost rough, like very sturdy fabric in this bright lime green color. And I almost wore it to prom one year. <laughs> yeah. But then I wore the red Marilyn Monroe dress instead. Hard choice. Yeah. These are the choices we make Anne in life. Boleyn, Marilyn Monroe, hard to say. I made the Marilyn Monroe. I love the Marilyn Monroe dress, yeah. We still have that. We do. Oh, which is the cabin fever class? Is that like a, a string band or a fiddle class? It was a bluegrass class that they started at Clackamas Community College. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. Because your dad had a magazine that described a community a community college in Texas, I think, that had such a course that they gave um, they gave um, graduation. You know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Degree. Oh, you could get a bluegrass degree. Yeah. Or like oh, a wow. country yes. music degree. Country it was one of the first. Degree. So your dad was responsible for for uh, telling us, telling 
the music, well, he he told the music teacher about it, mm -hmm. but he didn't didn't listen to, to Rob at all. No. He, he didn't uh, imagine any such thing as that, a degree for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, he went, Rob went to the president of the college, which, who was his dad. Conveniently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, the, the, the thing was that if you could get of eight, eight or twelve people wanting to to do a class, you could do it legally. Mm -hmm. it, like John would say, uh, if it isn't illegal, <laughs> <laughs> then you can do it. Well, we can we can do it. So you got enough people who were interested in taking the class and started it, mm. and it turned into kind of like a uh, big community. About um. thirty people showed up mm. for that. And mm, that that kind of music, mm -hmm. the other kind of music, forget <laughs> it. <you know>? Yes. <laughs> but and did then you, is, did you start getting into playing bluegrass then? At that point, I I started. I played in that class. Mm -hmm. I registered for that class, and so did her dad. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hmm. He was the youngest one there. I'm That's sure he was. <laughs> yeah. And he, he wasn't even through grade school yet don't think. I think he would have been in high school maybe. Maybe but freshman, sophomore. Yeah, like 15, yeah. 16. Um, yeah, and then they would have performances and a lot of people started coming. And Oh, it, it, people in the community. Yeah. That the, uh, they, had, they opened the doors because people couldn't all get in the building. Mm. <laughs> and then the fire department was threatening to Take us to, to shut it down. <laughs> take us to court. Oh no! <laughs> and and that inspired Steeplegrass, which was uh, Chick Rose, who was a big Washington, Oregon bluegrass guy, started a class in Vancouver, Washington. Mm. And I went to that as a little kid. It was a lot of why I really started playing bluegrass. Oh. And then that directly inspired Tabergrass, which is the current yes. bluegrass class in Portland. So Linda Levitt likes to say that. In a lot of ways, you're sort of the grandmother of Tabergrass, too. Because <laughs> you guys started that class, and that's where it all came from. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, Helen, I'm certainly grateful to you for spreading music around so much. <laughs> uh, I haven't been back in Oregon for very long, but it's been full of a lot of awesome music making, and a lot of that's because of Ellie and Amy. So, yeah, thanks well, for following your passion and then showing other people how to do it, too. Mm -hmm. uh, the old-time fiddlers have, are, are on uh, the web, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what you call it. Oregon old-time fiddlers, yeah. They, so association. Uh -huh. And they have, they still meet, well, they still met. They don't currently, but I think you can still get the hoedowner. Oh, very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have like a bunch of copies of the hoedowner somewhere? Sure. Yes. Yeah, like a big, a big stack. Well, some of them are saved in a binder because it's the tunes binder, yeah. and they always printed that tune on the last page. So we just have a whole bunch of backwards hmm. copies of the hoedowner because it shows the tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, we're gonna do one more mm -hmm. for the episode proper, not counting the bonus track. What, what are we going to do for that? 
Uh, I think we were going to sing Keep on the Sunny Side. Oh, okay, great. Can we do that? Very good. And this is one that we did in the family band. Amy sang it when she was like six years old. Aww. It was extremely <laughs> cute. And uh, we've been doing this one on our live stream that we do. When, when does this live stream happen? We've been doing it every Tuesday at 4.30. And uh, every once in a while we'll have a live audience on the back deck. They use a, a ladder to climb up there and listen to us. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, Tuesdays at 4.30 on the Ellie Hawkinson music page. Because a lot of the people who want to watch it don't have Facebook. Yes. And so they can't view my personal page, but they can see my music page because right. it's public. Yeah. Very good. So everyone tune in. I will include the link. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, Helen. Yeah. You're welcome. It's been It's fun. really good to, yeah. to get to play some music with you. Mm -hmm. It was nice to go stories. through all those old stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of good memories. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Well, this is an appropriate song. Yeah. Keep on the sunny side. We're yeah. all trying our best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And I confirmed that we did this song before, well, you and Dad were doing this song a long time before Oh Brother Where Art Thou did it, so. We did not just hop on the train after the fact. They hopped on. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being a little girl and being like, um, there are already some cute little girls who sing Keep on the Sunny Side. <laughs> We've actually got it covered. We don't need you. <laughs> you know, I hadn't realized that it was on there. It is, yeah. Little, little bluegrass yeah. sisters. <laughs> Those little peas all sisters. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. there's a dog and some... And a troubled side of life. Troubled side. Um, one, two, three. Side. Keep on 
play a Facebook live concert every Tuesday at 4.30 Pacific Time. You can watch those on the Ellie Hawkinson Music Facebook page. Thanks to Earful of Fiddle for sponsoring this episode. You can and should sign up for their online camp taking place June 21st through 26th at earfuloffiddle.com. You can support Get Up in the Cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Order a t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's Teespring store. Make sure to like and follow Get Up in the Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it with the world. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>